Coming up on today's show, the Milwaukee Bucks lost their first overtime game of the season to an undermanned Chicago Bulls team, 120 to 113. We're so used to the Bull or the Bucks coming up big in the clutch, and that was not the case tonight. And we're going to dig into why that was. Also, take a look at the Bucks' wing rotation after another injury. Plus, more on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bucks, and I'm Camille Davis. In addition to this podcast, you can catch me on the Technical File podcast, as well as Cheesehead TV's Carrie the G and MKE. Joining me, as always, is Frank Madden, the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the pod. And we appreciate you tuning in and thank you, thank you, thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or your first listen of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for $20 off of your first purchase. As mentioned, Frank, the Bucks have been really good in the clutch of the season. We've talked about it. So many different episodes for the last few weeks. The everydayers are aware of that. We know that Bucks offense jumps from, you know, already pretty, pretty good to an unbelievable rate in the fourth quarter. We know the team tightens up defensively in the fourth quarter. We've seen the numbers that Dane puts up in the fourth quarter. But tonight against the Bulls team that had no DeMar DeRozan, no Zach Levine, uh, it wasn't the case. And I was hoping that they would take care of business and wouldn't need clutch minutes coming into this game. Didn't didn't pan out that way for the Milwaukee Bucks. No, I mean that's uh that's a terrible loss. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, we can do the whole usual thing where we say, like, oh, it was great that they fought back and you know, they were down 12, 94, 82. And um, yes, to their credit, they did what they have been doing. They put themselves in a position to win this game. Um, you know, as you said. Dame scores one point in the second half, so it wasn't him doing his thing. Um, I I got my tweet off the other day when he had 65 points in 37 minutes in the clutch, and he was 79% true shooting, six assists, no turnovers. Like that was like the perfect snapshot of, you know, Dame's crunch time dominance. Um, so good thing I got that out there because you know I don't know how many turnovers he had tonight in the clutch. You know, the Bucks were just giving up pick sixes by the end of overtime. It was pretty pretty ugly. They just sort of came apart at the seams. <clears throat> um, but you know, they, they should have won this game. Right. Yeah. Um, and Giannis had a monster defensive effort. Uh, Camille, your defensive player of the year stock that you bought from me, uh, for Giannis is up. Uh, so good job, Camille, um, getting some of that, buying some low from me. Um, five blocks, Seemed like he had that game-clinching block, just a terrific block on Patrick Williams uh, late. Then he hits both free throws, and with five seconds left, you feel like, okay, you know, probably got this. And, um, I mean, so many parts of that last possession, you know, that we can pick apart here. And, you know, Adrian Griffin said, basically it was like, all right, you want to blame me? Blame me in the press conference. <laughs> yeah, that and, was interesting. Yeah. Um, I always appreciate when player when coaches do that. Um, I mean, it's always a little weird, right? I mean, he, he so he said that you know it was he was asked about why they didn't foul because you know when Vooch catches the ball, right, and eventually gives a handoff. I mean, 
he was not shooting the ball right. Like mm-hmm. it was a clear opportunity to foul him. Brooke Lopez could have fouled him, and you know you would have been able to. I mean, again, like you, then you're playing the foul game and things like that. But so little time was left. Like you obviously feel good about your your situation, and you know Griff said basically like, well, the you know rule that he told the team was you know under five seconds. Um, you know, if he's not, if backs to the basket, then that the rule is to, to foul. And they say, like, but that's, so that's on me. And it's kind of like, well, it seems like you're kind of saying that you told the players to foul and then they didn't foul. So it's, it was like a little bit like, and uh, the way, the whole way he framed it, it was kind of like, did he really like tell them to do that? Or is he just saying that generally that's the way you think about it? But I don't know, but look, teams usually don't foul down, you know, in these situations. Like, I mean, I think in fairness to coaches and like bud teams have done the same thing. Um, Even Giannis mentioned that too, in his post game sound, he mentioned the fact that teams do it a lot of different ways. Sometimes they foul, yeah. sometimes they don't. You've seen it work. You've seen it not work in various ways. So he's like, it just, it just depends and it can go either way. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like there was a litany of errors on, there were so many things, right? Like Chris Middleton and Malik Beasley didn't, have clarity on whether they were switching on the weak side. Chris thought they were switching, which I assume they would be switching, right? Normally you're switching in those situations and the bucks pretty much switch everything on the perimeter. Anyway, they were switching mm-hmm. even a lot of, um, you know, small, big pick and rolls. We saw like Malik Beasley and Dame, like battling Vucevic down in the post repeatedly um, in the fourth quarter. So I, I think that Beasley just didn't see um, Caruso coming around. So he was flat footed. And then that means Brooke pretty much has to, switch and come out on Caruso. I don't think he had really a chance to foul Caruso at that point. You know, that's, that's not what I would have expected. Um, but it was a tough shot. And I mean, the other question too, is like, should Brooke Lopez be on the floor there? Like you're only right. defending the three point line. You're switching everything. What's the, what, what's Brooke in there for? You know, like, are you, you worried if you put a small guy out there that like, they're going to throw a lob to Nick Vucevic or something and get an easy two? like kind of probably say like, okay, like, you know, Good luck. So, I mean, just the fact that the Bucks like five in this like must stop defensive situation is Brooke Lopez, who's a great defender, but really doesn't have a role when you're just starting to stop a three pointer. Giannis, okay, Giannis, yes, should have been on the floor. Chris, who is a very smart team defender and actually navigates screens pretty well, so I'm fine with Chris being out there. But like, let's be honest, Chris defensively, not exactly close to what he used to be. Right. Um, and then it's Malik and Dame, right? And I get like, okay, you're not going to take Dame off in that situation because he's like a superstar and nobody does that. Right. But, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just wild that Malik Beasley is just like, like literally has just sort of been willed into this like stopper role, even though he just is not a good defender. And so he was out there. And again, I'm not going to say like, oh, he, he blew it or something like that. But, you know, you look at the chain of events, like seemingly not, either not knowing he was supposed to switch or not seeing Caruso coming up. That was sort of the first, you know, domino in terms of the actual like action. And, and then Caruso just hit a hard shot, you know, yeah. I mean, like it, that was not an easy shot. It was not like the Landry Shamit wide open shot. That was far, even more horrendous execution late in games that we saw in that wizards game a week ago or whenever it was uh, last Friday, Saturday, whenever it was Friday, I guess. Um, so yeah, bucks late game execution. Um, you know, some some questions just like why are some of these dudes out on the floor? Like campaign was on the floor in that, in that situation. Like just really underscoring, like, man, the Bucks really need some dudes back because mm-hmm. 
if Pat Connaughton and you know Heck Crowder, you know, are out there, you know, Andre's a rookie, but I certainly think you know Andre gives a better effort and would contest a shot better in a situation like that than Malik Beasley. Um, yeah, it's it's not great. So yeah, I mean, again, Bucks had ever you know they really had a perfect opportunity to. to "Quote unquote," steal a game that should never have needed stealing, right? And um, you know, I again, I I think we can talk about kind of what what went wrong with this game, but I mean, to me, um, you know, someone needs to tell Griff like, don't use the phrase "energy and effort," even when it's probably true. Don't use it because there's too much Jason Kidd baggage with that phrase. But he used it like multiple times in the post game presser. And um, I mean, unfortunately, the offensive rebounding, it actually ended up evening out a fair bit. Giannis had six offensive rebounds, but, you know, like midway through the fourth quarter, it was like 14 to three. It was like a 40 percent offensive rebound rate for the the Bulls. So like 40 percent of their misses, they rebounded. That doesn't even include like how many times they got fouled, like on rebounds and they got to keep possession off a loose ball foul. Um, Bucks had three offensive rebounds, which was like, you know, a 14 percent offensive rebound rate. And again, like you know, defense, you know, on defense, you like to hold the opponent to like under, you know, low twenties, you'd say. So mm-hmm. you're up about like almost two X that. And so it's just, it's just terrible. Like, it's just, you know, like the bulls didn't shoot that well. I mean, they didn't shoot the lights out in this game or something like that. You know, it's one thing if they just get lucky from three, but um, bucks, they forced 21 turnovers. They also committed 21 turnovers <laughs> and they gave up a crap ton of offensive rebounds. And, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? I mean, that's, they've just been doing this all season. And, um, you know, like, I get it. Like, when you're winning the games, you can always play the glass half full approach. But when you catch an L like this, then, you know, you got to be realistic that this is not a, this is, it was an aberration that they couldn't, you know, magically pull it out in the end. But the kind of fingerprints of this loss and just, again get up to you actually get up to a big lead early and then mm-hmm. you know just completely sort of sleepwalk through the second third and beginning of the fourth quarter it's like all right that's how you just you know blow games and in, in against teams that you obviously should beat absolutely and you mentioned brooke lopez being out there during that last possession where cruz hit that crazy fadeaway three over him and thinking about who they could have thrown out there like you mentioned <laughs> we're going to talk about this a little bit later but the Bucks roster is pretty thin, but even if you wanted to put a big out there in that situation, and I wouldn't have think to say this, but like if you want to have size, you might as well put Bobby out there in that situation. Like you already have Bobby playing this aggressive trapping defense whenever he's out there on the floor. So like if you were going to play a big, uh, I would have thought that it would have been Bobby instead of Brooke, but that's neither here nor there at the moment. It's just, it's disappointing because you look at that second Washington game, the Portland game, the Miami game, and now the Chicago game. And those are four games where on paper you're looking at them and you're like, this should be one of those wins that's, I'm going to say an easy win. because it's the Point NBA. differential, baby. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you would think that these would be games where the Bucks can come through and, you know, not need this clutch time, like I said, coming into it, where I thought that, hey, this could be a game where maybe we can stretch out a lead, not have to even dabble in crunch time minutes, but yet and still uh, without DeMar, without Zach, it was still a close game. Kobe White and Vooch were just doing what they were doing in this game. Caruso snapped in the second half. The first half he was quiet in the second half. Here he comes. And 
while it was a tale of two halves for Alex Caruso, it was also a tale of two halves, I think, for Damian Lillard. And I want to dig a little bit deeper into what that looked like because we've gotten used to Dame time already early on in this season. And in this Chicago game, it just looked a little different from what we saw from Dame in the second half. And I want to dig deeper into that after we talk a bit more about our friends from FanDuel. As the weather continues to con- continue to get colder, the NFL offers continue to stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Touch $150 if your team wins. If you were betting on tonight's uh, Thursday night football game uh, and you picked the Dallas Cowboys, I'm sure that comeback win had you excited about that one. But if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel at all, listen, there is no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So make sure that you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Again, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We'll also like to take this time just to say thank you to everybody who tunes into Lockdown Buck. Shout out to all the everydayers who come through and hang out with us, especially those in the YouTube comments as well. Love the conversations there on a day-to-day basis. Also want to inform you all about the Locked On Sports channel on YouTube. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports today is here for you with 24-7 coverage of the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows that cover every league. So make sure you go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So like I mentioned with Dane, first half, it looked like everything was coming really easy for Dane. Was able to see him get off in the mid-range. He was efficient from the field. He was 7-10 to 10 from the field in the first half. Again, looked really good. Only one turnover coming in that time. He finished the game with 18 points, meaning that in the second half of this game, he was only able to score one additional point. He finished 7 of 16 from the field, meaning he went 0 from 6 from the field in the second half. And the big part of it to me was the turnovers. Damian Lillard had six turnovers in the second half. And we're just not quite used to seeing a second half performance from Dame like this. Uh, Looks like Frank froze a little bit. Every day is now that's part of the show at this point. Um, So while we wait for Frank to come back, I'm just going to dig a little bit more into that because watching the second half, I was continuously wondering, is this Dame just taking what the defense is giving him? And he's using this as a time to facilitate using this time to get other players involved because he's seeing so much extra attention after the first half that he had. Uh, You saw him, again, he finished the game with 13 assists. I think that needs to be said as well. Because although he wasn't scoring, he definitely was facilitating um, and and making sure his teammates got the ball. I mean, Malik Beasley had 15 three-point attempts in this game, and a lot of them came off of Dame Lillard, you know, passes. So it was just really interesting to me to see how Dame was able to really pick his spots in the first half. He was scoring in the mid range. He was scoring from three. He was getting to the basket. And then the second half, it felt like he kind of took that step back. And I did wonder at first if part of that was because, you know, Giannis got into foul trouble in the first half. 
And with Giannis being in foul trouble, he finished the first half with four points. And the third quarter came, and it was like it was Giannis's quarter. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, when Dame finally did get, get back in, because we know at this point that Dame is going to play the entire first quarter, the entire third quarter, end of the second quarter, end of the fourth quarter. That is just his minutes rotation. It's what he requested. It's what he wanted. It's what he's comfortable with. So with the third quarter being big Giannis minutes, big Giannis buckets, and the fourth quarter when Dame gets back in, it's more facilitating. It was just really interesting to me to see the difference in performance between the first and second half for Dame. So Frank, what about Dame's performance stood out to you in tonight's game? <laughs> um. I mean, yeah, it, it obviously it felt like they Giannis and Dame kind of just split up the halves, and unfortunately, we didn't see any period where both of them were like mm -hmm. really effective scoring. And you know, Dame went 0 for six in the second half, scored one point, and yeah, I mean, some of the facilitation was there. Um, you know, I think Kevin O'Connor pointed out that Dame and Giannis didn't run any pick and rolls in the in the overtime period, sure. but you know, I, I think. I mean, I think there should be a lot of focus on obviously how much Giannis is screening for Dame, but I think the flip side is we saw Caruso defending Giannis in overtime. And so it's kind of like when Drew Holiday defends Giannis, like, what does that mean for your pick and roll? Well, it means you just switch the pick and roll. So then Dame, you know, it's not like Dame being able to attack Vucevic or something like that, right? I mean, that's why it's, I think, to be honest, like in many ways, it's more appealing for Dame to run a pick and roll with Brooke because then he's got Vucevic that he can attack either with a pull-up or go to the rim versus Alex Caruso, who's the best defender, best perimeter defender on, on the Bulls, right? So I think that's one of the issues, I think, with, you know, Dame Giannis pick and rolls is a lot of times I think smaller guys are better to put on Giannis anyway. And then when they do that, it, you know, I'm going to say it completely neutralizes the Dame Giannis pick and roll, but it, you know, pretty much means that the advantage just becomes like Giannis mismatched against whoever was guarding Dame. And, you know, Giannis is not like a mismatch killer in that regard. Like, it's not like you just run that and then post him up and then, you know, he just can bully and get to the rim and score. We saw him uh, have some success against Dasunmu um, when he got some switches and kind of caught him in, in uh, transition, like mismatches and things like that. But, um, but he, again, like, especially with smaller guys, I feel like it's almost like harder because like they just are going to flop and, you know, like they're, you know, kind of like, um, like little mice, you know, you're just like, you don't know how to kind of handle them. But, um, yeah. So I think, I think that that's, you know, that, that approach from the bulls, I think helped. Um, but in the first half, I mean, I thought the bulls just did a great job. Like there was nothing, there were no transition opportunities for Giannis, you know, in the, when the Bulls missed shots, they just got their own offensive rebounds. So there wasn't really like these breakouts. And um, Giannis got his his only basket of the first half on a transition dunk. But even with all the turnovers the Bulls had, you know, they weren't really trans translating into you know opportunities for Giannis. So um, I just thought they did a really good job of congesting the you know the paint. And Brooke had like it was like one of something in the first half too. And Bobby I think didn't I don't know if he even made a shot in the first half. So all the Bucks big guys didn't do shit in the first half. Like, you know, it wasn't just Giannis. It was all the perimeter guys who were doing stuff. And, you know, again, I think it was because Dame was getting opportunities to go downhill against Fooch and you know, some of those things. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, we can say like, well, did they just let Giannis do too much stuff in the second half or something like that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he, 
Giannis played well in the third quarter. You know, game was right there, nip and tuck going into the fourth quarter. And then, um, you know, kind of they let go of the rope. Um, I think when Dame was out, right? Dame was out mm-hmm. to start the fourth quarter. And that's when the Bulls kind of went on their run. And that's when Gian- I mean, Giannis was on the floor pretty quickly. He was he was not there initially and then got up, got back on the court pretty quickly. And Chris Middleton had a good start. And then Chris didn't Find do cra- crap in the second half either. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think Chris scored a point in the second half. And so... You know, again, like when neither Chris Middleton nor Dame scores a point in the second half of a game that is close, probably going to take an L, right? Like, so, um, so yeah, I think in some ways, you know, this is like, well, kind of a weird circumstance. You don't expect that to happen very often, but, um, you know, Bucks have been sort of begging for a bad loss the way that they've played these games, and um, they certainly got one tonight absolutely didn't there is no debating that there is no i'm not taking any like moral victories away from this one like this is just a disappointing loss for the milwaukee bucks and another aspect of this game that was disappointing was to hear that andre jackson jr had a you know back tightness and he was ruled out of the game for the rest of the third quarter and at this point i feel like we are just continuously having this conversation about the Bucks' wing depth and what that looks like because there was another injury that took place. And I want to dig deeper into that as well after I talk a little bit more about our friends from game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals and all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee, Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And one reason that I love game time is that you can buy tickets up to the last minute. So if you're sitting here and you're thinking like, hey, maybe I want to check out, you know, Sunday night football at Lambeau Field when the Chiefs come to town. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes first time playing in Lambeau Field. Keep an eye on those tickets. You can continuously check game time up until the time of the game. So that's the the biggest benefit of game time to me. Like it's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase on top of that. You can see the view from your seat before you buy it. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can see the all-in prices. So you can see your total upfront. You can know that you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees and you can buy the tickets so quickly, like seconds. It only takes two taps. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. All right, Frank, like I mentioned, uh, unfortunately, during today's game, we saw that Andre Jackson Jr. was ruled out in the third quarter uh, with some back tightness. The broadcast mentioned the fact that the back injury is something that Andre has been dealing with throughout the season. So apparently something happened in this game, just kind of inflamed a little bit more for him. Um, We already know that we're without Pat Connaughton, who injured his ankle uh, earlier this week. We know that we've been without Jay Crowder since the beginning of this month, but I did see in the Journal Sentinel article came out today mentioning the fact that Jay Crowder has returned back to on-court practice. He's on pace for his eight-week recovery window that he was placed in, so this is not going to be like an Aaron Rodgers situation with that Achilles where you can expect him to be back far earlier than what was projected, but 
it is some good news to hear that at least Jay is on the right path. He's back on the court, getting some reps in, and he's on his way to recovery because this Bucks team at this point is really thin at that position. They are, but, you know, I mean, again, it's like, look at the team on the other side, right? <laughs> like, to no, no Zach Levine, uh, no DeMar DeRozan. Uh, and, you know, again, like, I think as long as, you know, anytime you've got Dame Giannis and Chris, um, then I think figure it out, right? Um, I, I think th th there's the positive spin of you're going to need, you know, Marjan, who had a couple moments tonight. Um, you're going to need Andre when he's healthy. Hopefully he's not joining this list of guys that are going to be missing time. I think Pat mm. probably is, is going to, you know, miss another game or two with that ankle injury, most likely. Um, and, you know, I mean, it puts you again in these weird situations. We talked about last game, um, the Bucks going with the jumbo lineup at points. And that's, that's the route they went in the fourth, in the, uh, in the overtime, Chris, um, you know, was, I guess, hit his minutes limit, which, you know, again, he was at 27. So that's the second highest number of minutes he's played all year. Um, so again, I don't, I don't know exactly like what the math is that they're doing to figure out how much he's going to play in these games. Um, <laughs> you know, he had the 29 minute game. <clears throat> uh, I think that was against Boston, I guess. Right. I think he played 29 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then, um, you know, going out early against the Wizards uh, wasn't ideal. I think he played 23 minutes the other night in Miami, which, you know, coming back from the Achilles would make sense that he may be a little reduced. So, yeah, I mean, I pray for the day when Chris Middleton is no longer having to sit out overtimes of games because of, you know, minutes restrictions. Hopefully we're getting closer to that um, because, you know, Bobby, let's be honest, Bobby really didn't, do much of anything tonight. He had a put back at the first half buzzer, uh, which was, I believe the Bucks only offensive rebound of the entire half. Um, and other than that, you know, not a lot to write home about. He did have a steal off of when he got switched on to Caruso, he deflected and stole an inbound or a, an entry pass to the post, which was nice in overtime. But, you know, let's just say that was not a lineup. I think that uh, Adrian Griffin is going to be going to by choice a whole lot. Um, it seems like that is uh, an option that, you know, they went to perhaps in part to try to do something about the, the offensive rebounding issues. We talked about that last game, you know, the upside of having those, those bigs out there is hopefully it should help you on, on the glass, but, um, it was a bit too little too late. And, um, you know, by the end of the game, obviously it kind of had turned into a bit of a joke with the bucks, just, you know, losing the ball at mid court and turning into, you know, a, breakaway dunk contest um for for the bulls so um bad loss i, I mean i can remember a year ago camille i don't even remember that game in late december in chicago where uh, i believe drew was hurt um i think drew and chris were both hurt and so it was pretty much you know Giannis in a cloud of dust um in late december of last year and they lost i think they lost three or four in a row and uh including that horrible boston game on christmas and then they they had a loss to Chicago as well, um, where they went into overtime and Giannis had, I think, over 40. And then he just totally sucked in overtime. <laughs> and kind of just basically threw away like a great night from him. Um, so, you know, again, like there's going to be ups and downs. I, I would say this too. I mean, 
you know, there's been so much discourse about like how we, how as fans, like we should process like what's happening. And, you know, there's oftentimes people, I, I think, I think it is fair to say, like, go back to Justin was talking about on, on yesterday's pod, like go back to last year, the year before the championship mm-hmm. year, like you're going to find stretches in all those seasons where the Bucks lost multiple games in a row and, you know, looked bad and looked underwhelming. And it was just like, what is this team doing? Right. Um, I remember going into the, the Tyler run playoffs that the, in 21, I was not sold at all on that team. Like they, it was a really like meh regular season, right? 72 game season. They went 46 third in the East. I mean, not exactly looking like a juggernaut all year. And so I think it's fair to point that out, but I think the flip side is, you know, fundamentally, like we knew that the core of what the bud teams were was that we knew they'd be able to play defense when they were healthy and we knew they had, you know, enough firepower. I mean, the most, for the most part, up until last season, you know, those teams were very good offensively, at least in the regular season. Um, so you expected those teams to win tons of games because they had a formula and it worked right from, from the jump. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the anxiety to the extent people have anxiety, and I certainly have some anxiety, um, is the fact that it's a different group. You know, Chris in particular is older. Brooke is older, but you know, he's, he's still, still good. Like Brooke. Yeah. Um, Dame is new and, you know, your perimeter defense obviously is way worse and you have a new coach and, you know, you only get to pick one coach. It's not like, you know, drafting players and you could just not play the guy, right? <laughs> like <laughs> coach is a coach. Like if you don't make the right hire, like, you know, that's, you're going to have to live with that guy or not live with that guy. Um, and so I think it's, it's understandable to be like, you know, what is your default, right? Like mm-hmm. as a fan, I think it's more enjoyable to just have a glass half full and say like, yeah, you know, we're 13 and six. Most of a lot of these core guys we won a championship with and the, the biggest name guy that we didn't Dame Lillard, like he's an upgrade on the guy that, you know, in drew that, uh, that he replaced. So, um, so, I mean, I think, you know, again, for people's sanity, I think it's, it's easier to just sort of stick to that stuff. Um, but I think if we're going to just be like clear eyed about it and sort of sober and, you know, analytical about it, um, you know, like, I think it's fair to say like this team, we should expect more in terms of the way they're playing, not the record, but they are right now, they play like less than the sum of their parts. And Mm -hmm. so I think you have to, you have to put, you, you can't say the coaches, coaching staff is doing a great job when, the team consistently, you know, underwhelms for long portions of, of games. And, you know, they basically just sort of get bailed out on kind of their pure talent, essentially at the end of this game, right? Like they, they don't run a lot of Dame pick and roll. Zach Lowe was talking about this the other day, where like they run weirdly few Dame Giannis pick and rolls considering that's the most obvious thing to do. And then, you know, obviously Dame has been great in crunch time and they've obviously had a really great record there. So, um, so I think it's I think it's fair to 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 want more from these guys because absolutely the record is fine, but you know um I really hope we get to see the matchup in the in season tournament with the Celtics because I think we're all fascinated to see how the Bucks stack up and you know I did not was not was not expecting to be impressed the last time they played and I was not. <laughs> 
Um, but you know, <clears throat> it's early in the season still, and they may get if, if they can beat the Knicks, which I don't want to don't want to take too much for granted there. But it is a home game at least. Um, so so we'll see. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know with this team, we have not seen them consistently play at a very high level, and I think there's enough new parts and kind of new components to this story that um, you know I think I don't I don't know I. Th- I I don't take as much on faith, let's say that, um, as I did in, in previous years. Um, so, so we'll see. Tonight's game sucked. Yeah. Luckily, there will be another one soon, um, and hopefully, they they look much better in a couple of days. Yeah, and before they I even get to the Knicks, to yeah, they have the the Hawks on Saturday, Hawks. and we we saw what happened the last time the Bucks played the Hawks. So yeah. there is some chance for redemption this weekend before we get Hope, back into the it's like the Raptors, game. right? Like where you got killed yep. by the Raptors and then you turned and it around. Like, get can, back. We, can we do that? Can we not have like the, you know, annual, the, the usual, like Anyeka Okongwu does such a good job against Giannis discussion. Right. I don't want to have that discussion, Camille. I don't want to be I talking to you on Sunday about Anyeka Okongwu <laughs> being such a great goddamn matchup against Giannis. Like I want to talk about Giannis detonating on Anyeko Okongwu on Saturday night, but we'll see. Wait a couple of days. Yeah, we'll definitely see. And hopefully as well with that, we hear that the injury, you know, to Andre isn't that serious. Hopefully we hear more about when we can expect Pat back because although we didn't have Pat in this game and Andre got injured, definitely still a game the Bucks should have won. And for me, those injuries just bring up more questions about what's to come because like you mentioned, there's been a lot of discourse around this team um, and it's one of those situations where I think more than one thing can be true at the same time. Like mm-hmm. there are definitely things that are concerning about this Bucks team, uh, but there are also reasons to kind of say like, well, hold on. They're giving us some reasons for optimism mm-hmm. as well with clutch time performances, with the fact that it's still early, they're still learning. And you can see in a general sense, some progress being made with this team uh, since the beginning of the season. So hopefully there's some hope there and hopefully, hopefully uh, the next time that we talk, we're discussing a Bucks win as a reminder, before we get out of here, make sure you checked out Locked On Sports today, covering the top news stories in the sports world 24-7 with the local experts of Locked On plus the national show. So make sure you head over to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever sports 24-7 streaming channel. For Frank and myself, we're going to get out of here. We'll catch you guys all on Monday.